Right, hello, Wisdomers. How are we, my Wisdomers, right now? I <laughs> uh, hope everyone's going well during these uh, weird times we're having with Omicron at the moment. You know, and I hope everyone is well, staying safe, and uh, getting your vaccinations. Uh, yeah, and uh, I want to know uh, what's on your mind at the moment. With uh, you know all this uh, stuff in, in the financial sector as well, and uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, well, the cost of living, okay, is going up every year. That means I have to put people's wages up too to uh, tackle this inflation problem. <laughs> you know that. But, uh, you know. How do we solve these problems with Bitcoin? Because I'm a beginner investor in Bitcoin myself. Um, now, I haven't invested thousands of dollars into Bitcoin if it was going to crash. You know, however... Like, the stock market is, you are gambling at times in the stock market, you know. Again, what are, what are the solutions to this problem? You know, and I suppose like Wall Street has a lot of secrets that we just don't understand in Wall Street. You know that. And I suppose, like, whether it's right-wing news media, left-wing news media,
I just think wherever you get your media. Is. Whatever you want to read. It should, you know. relate to you with investing because a lot of a lot of people will put fear doubt and anxiety into you when you're investing and starting out like the whole market the stock market on wall street will do that as well i mean would you invest into any tech companies? That's a good question. You know, and Investing, like, you got to think as investors, we, we've got to eat food as well as investors. I mean, investing can be a hobby for you in Bitcoin. You could invest, I don't know, a dollar or two every fortnight and just play around with it like myself. Because, you know, you don't want to be putting your, all your eggs in the one basket into Bitcoin and then the shit hits the fan, crash, you've lost thousands of dollars, you've lost the house. I, I don't know. See, there's nothing wrong with investing. I mean, go for it. There's some great apps I use to invest as a beginner. Uh, I use Raise. They're an Australian company. I use Spaceship Voyager as well. That are, there are my two. I'll put the links in the description. So that's what I use. You know. You know, I like to um, have a hobby as well. I like to, you know, keep on, you know, going. You know, keep on going, keep on being the best Stephen Shields that I can be. And that's all I ask. And 
living my life with purpose, integrity, and honesty and loyalty. Yeah, so as I sit here in my house in Sydney, Australia, I'm looking outside. Sort of an overcast day. But, uh... I'm always thinking, what problems am I going to solve next for you? And that's all I can do. That's all I can do. I mean, life is always about problem solving in the world and you know as entrepreneurs just because the market's crashing it, it I mean, you don't put all your eggs in one basket as an entrepreneur. It's called multiple sources of income. Multiple MSIs. I mean, it's something uh, Bob Proctor's taught for years. Was... Um, MSIs, multiple sources of income. Now, when I was starting out in my personal development journey, I was very confused about what MSIs were and how to get that cash flow in your life. Because that's something that we're not taught in school is what called cash flow. Like if you read the cash flow quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, the science of getting rich by Wallace D. Waddles is is an audio book I'm listening to right now. Like even if you get can get your hand on uh, any any books in the public domain, like if if you can learn from the old masters, that that's amazing stuff, you know. Just to live your life being rich wouldn't you rather be rich and live in the best abundant life and be the best you travel wherever you want go out in places go out in nature now that's what I'd rather do because when you're trading your time for money you have to work for someone else. You have to live up to someone else's expectations. And it's hard. So all you can do 
get out, find the who you are, and I think to myself, I'm going to be the best Stephen Shields that I'm going to be in 2022. Okay. I keep an open mind with my news media. I don't just read one side to the news. I'm also reading on what's going on on the left as well. What they have to say about current global events and economic crisis in Bitcoin and Omicron as well. Because there is going to be an, uh, another global financial crisis in the future. Alright, I can see we've got a guest waiting. Let's see. Hey, Gown. Hey, good uh, good afternoon, um, Stephen. I'm I'm in the U.S. So I'm not sure what time it is um, in Australia, but um, I just tuned into your conversation. You said something kind of interesting, so I, actually, I had a question for you. Yeah, go for it. Nice to meet you, Teddy. Yeah, nice to meet you. It's a pleasure. Love your I love your um, icon, by the way. <laughs> I'm a big fan of. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I actually don't pay hardly any attention to the news. I don't track politics. I don't simply, and again, this is just one, this is just me. This is just my choice just because I have so many other things. You know, I'm a dad and engineer and scientist and all these things. My life is full. But my question was, I heard you'd said that there was a, a Bitcoin crash, uh, some kind of issue with that. Can you, can you kind of inform me on that a little bit? I, I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, investing in Bitcoin is uh, has lost value. Like uh, it's like a stock market crash. Bitcoin is on is you know you can trade Bitcoin. Of course, investors do. I'm a beginner investor, so I avoid investing five bucks in Bitcoin and losing a dollar. But there's people that have lost thousands of dollars huh. when the market crashes. That's and hard. it takes time for for that money to go get back up. You know, it's not an overnight thing. That's right. Sure. No, I as I I, I definitely understand that. Could could you um, you know, Bitcoin is relatively yeah. compared to the other commodities that are out there is relatively new on the scene, right? Over the last probably I don't know, I'd say what uh, eight to ten years maybe. Um, mm. But can you I, I when I, when you had said that there is a uh, a crash again before I made any judgments as to why I think that is or try to infer um, you know I didn't want to make any type of deduction without better understanding what the factors are um, I have my suspicions but I'm just I'm trying to figure out if you know uh, not to be overthinking this but what precipitated the Bitcoin crash and what is the root cause of it or what do you think is the root cause of it? Well, in my opinion, Teddy, the root cause of it right now is the Omicron variant from COVID. That's causing okay. it. People, uh, people aren't spending as much money uh, anymore into companies that are at a, turning into Bitcoin. Uh, I know the Australian government's trying to regulate it. I see. To be, 
publicly traded. Again, this is my uh, uh, opinion. I'm not a and I'm not an economist, by the way. So sure, if no you, worries. No, I, I I appreciate you sharing your knowledge on this. I'm I, I have an interest in in Bitcoin, but not from a financial gain standpoint. Yeah. It's just more of a more of a um, scientific slash data model <laughs> of it. So it's more Look. like an, of an intellectual thing. But I is is this is this relationship between the Omicron variant that's happening right now and the lack of investment from uh, people into Bitcoin? Is that what's causing this kind of um, stagnation of Bitcoin? I think so. Okay, I think okay. so. It's not just uh, Bitcoin; it's it's the the stock market as well. If you're investing in uh, oil or tech companies or corporations like Amazon, I know Amazon's gone down as well because people aren't spending as much money with the corporations. Right. And uh, what they do, corporations, they control people with prices. Oh, we'll drop it down, and they play mind games with people. Yeah, um, I, I'll say this as a as an ardent student of mm -hmm. patterns, pattern recognition. As a mathematician, I'm always you know I don't jump to conclusions. I try to gather mm -hmm. as much analysis, as much data from all aspects mm -hmm. of it. And so, one thing I've learned, and I, I want to be very cautious here. I, I, I I'm not mm -hmm. inferring that this is happening with Bitcoin. I'm not inferring that this is what happens in the stock market. Um, but one of the things I've seen in the last two years, and I'm, I'm, this is just ongoing research, I don't want to make a hasty conclusion, mm -hmm. but I just want to kind of give this to you to think about. One of the things that I've seen, you know, especially in this um, COVID era, I can't say post-COVID because we're not through it, not yet. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> South Park's got an episode on that too. If you got to check it out. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> one of yeah, one of the things that I'm I'm wondering is I, I'm sorry, not wondering. One of the things that I've seen even prior to the COVID, right? And I've seen this throughout my adult life, um, especially in the last twenty years with the real estate market. I've seen it in the you know a lot of the. Um, you know, precious metals. And, and again, I am not, I am not what you would consider to be a stock market guru. I'm not an economist. Mm -hmm. I'm not into finance or banking, but I am a mathematician. So I'm always looking mm -hmm. at patterns, right? Wow. Patterns, data, and I'm looking at behavior of entities and tracking patterns to try to come up with or try to understand a model that would suggest causality and effect. Does that make sense? So, yeah. Yeah. So in, in thinking of that, and again, I don't have all the data yet, so I don't want to make a hasty conclusion, but one of the things I've observed, right, in the last probably 10 years is that one of the problems, especially in many of the capitalistic markets, is that it seems when something is being offered for trade, something is being offered, real it could be real estate, it could be a commodity, mm. When the time, you know, you've heard the saying, buy low, get in while it's low, ride that mm -hmm. wave, and then sell it while it's high, right? We've all heard that. All the time. Yeah. Yep. Warren yep. Buffett. 
Yeah, and that seems that. Yeah. So so that seems to be the the directive in the stock market and, and other financial vehicles of investments and things. And it's even the case in real estate, I, I think, unless mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mistaken. And if I am, uh, please let me know. Um, but one of the things I've observed, and I've seen data on this, and it's a little troubling and causes me some kind of cognitive dissonance, which is trouble between the what the rational, logical, patterned data is telling me, you know, statistics, facts, models, patterns. And then there's a conflict between that and what's happening on my mental, emotional side, which is it, it can't seem to correlate the two because there's human factors that are involved that interrupt that cognitive part. Not to get too deep, but what I'm trying to suggest here is, and I'm wondering, I'm just going to pose this question. Mm. It just seems to me in the last probably 10 years, when the commodity seems to be at a point of stagnation where, in other words, it's not performing as wanted or as expected or as desired. There's influence to change either the commodity or the value or devaluation of that commodity over a short-term time delta that will then appear, at least in the short term, to make it go mm-hmm. up or down. Mm-hmm. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think of that? Well, I think that's what people try to do, and I think that's what the stock market is. Uh, buy low, sell high, but you can't. it doesn't always work out for investors. And that's I, what I, yeah, I, 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 I think, personally, I think it is a model of buy low mm-hmm. and sell high, but what I seem to believe from what the data is telling me, from what I can model and from what I... Mm-hmm calculate my mind we need another model that Mm -hmm. actually i think we need a few more models to be honest with you that Mm -hmm. address a the kind of investor you are Mm -hmm. what is long-term investing to you it's different from everybody what is Mm -hmm. time-based time-based or frequency-based exchange because it just seems to me that the the current model of buy low sell high isn't mm. either or black or white it doesn't seem to, it, at least what we're seeing in my opinion right now is what we're seeing is that type of model does not take into account the rapid fluctuations that we're seeing in the markets right now because of various different factors like covid like the omicron like how mm. this entire environment is affecting the stock market with respect to companies, how they work and sell, and what their products are. And so I think this is just, you know, this is just a hypothesis. I'm not saying this is the case. I think that in the human way that we've always done it of buy low and sell high, Mm. I think we're hurting ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, see the minimum. Yeah, it's it's controversial because I get told that the minimum time frame that we should invest is seven years for your return. Now, if you're like me and you're starting out, you don't have a lot of money to invest. I've only, what, five, five bucks here and there. I, I Sure, I, I I fall into that category. I, I'd probably mm. that to say that most people do. Mm. Now, there's people that invested, God, a million dollars in the stock market, but 
the questions I have is is if you invest more money, do you get higher returns? That's where I get confused. So 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 I, I can actually address that. Mm-hmm. If you'd like. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, so not to get too complex here, but these are ratios and they deal with they deal with inverse relationships. In other mm-hmm. words, if you're investing millions of dollars, mm-hmm. what the what the assumption is and what the prefactor is is that you can afford to do that. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're putting a yes. million dollars into the stock market, well then to me what that says is that you have the wherewithal and you have the financial ability to be able to uh, deal with that, regardless of if, mm-hmm. if you lose or if you win, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's mm-hmm. the case, if that's the case, okay, so it can go any way, but that's that's an emotional thing. So let's, let's t- go back to the math. If you're putting a million dollars in, just because you're putting a million dollars in, mm-hmm. okay, doesn't mean that the volume that you're putting in, that million dollars, is necessarily going to be successful over the short, mid, or long term. Mm. It, it, it could be, but here is what is not being taken into account. People see the huge number of a million dollars and they go, wow. Now, chances are, because of the volume that you're putting in, it mm-hmm. is definitely going to mitigate negative factors such that certain investments will overcome and even exceed the devaluation of others. Mm-hmm. It will. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just by volume, mathematics alone. At the same time, you'll have the reverse. You'll have certain other stocks that will underperform and it will affect the, the growth performance of other stocks that are in that volume. But we don't know what the overall outcome is going to be until we actually determine that and run the averages run the numbers, right? And mm. so with that standpoint, the next question becomes, what is the frequency? In other mm. words, what time delta, based on how much money is being put in at a certain rate or magnitude, right? Something I call a vector. So based upon that and based upon the expectation or the result that's desired, what is it that's going to make that quote unquote a positive outcome successful mm-hmm. financially worth it put in the adjective i'm just saying and so this is my point every situation is is it's relative right so if, if you're somebody with a million dollars then if you're putting that into the market it means that you can and your expectation of it right your expectation of it you know, is based mm-hmm. upon a presumption that you're making, but just the fact that you're putting in that million dollars strongly suggests that you don't need to be in this for the long term. That mm-hmm. you have the finances and you have the, you know, it's like it's like walking into Las Vegas. Not to sound too simple, but it's like walking into a Las Vegas casino and and you've got you know four million dollars and you can afford to lose three million and you're like yeah you know what I'm just going to put one million. On the roulette table, mm-hmm. right? It's That's like, a lot of lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of money, 
are you going to, let's say that you put it on black and it lands on black. I mean, there's different options that you could put down on the roulette table, right? There's, if you're playing poker, there's different, I'm just saying it, it really depends upon what you're trying to accomplish, what the volume you have. And at the same time, and here's the kicker, right? No one's calibrated that roulette wheel. Mm -hmm. You don't know about the calibration of that roulette wheel. You see what I'm saying? The roulette wheel, yeah. the roulette wheel is the market. So where's the calibration of it to try to more definitive, definitively get a better understanding of what the investor is trying to do? And well, so see, my, my, my thing with investing is um, you, 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 you don't know if the market's going to go up or down. Well, sure. That's it's the, a, it's a the problem. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's an unknown. It's a variable, right? Now, real estate, uh, you, you know, even if the market goes down, you're still going to get money. Well, at least you've got something there with stocks. Well, you could lose again a million dollars overnight if worst comes to worst. So it's ga it, it is gambling to an extent. But 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 here, let, let me. It, it is. That, that, this is my point. See, this is my point. This is exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you're validating this and bringing credence to it. And that is, it's gambling. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's what it is, right? I'm not making a judgment if it's good, bad, if we should mm -hmm. or should. I'm just saying, right? It's look. I, I have some 401ks like anyone else, and there's mm -hmm. you know my company or my company's uh, board oversees it. I don't pay much attention to it, but it's gambling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm entrusting mm -hmm. my investment to someone else's, you know, expertise. And what I'm here, here's what I'm saying. And this is, mm -hmm. this is, I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm taking so long to get there. Mm -hmm. In the last 20 years, and you can see this in the, overvaluation of the real estate market from the crash of 2008, mm. many of the banks, specifically Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and several other mm -hmm. banks, mm. they began to example, extend mortgage loans to people that were not able for the short, for the, for the, for the mid or long term, they were not able and even the short term, not able to sustain those loans. And even mm -hmm. financial mm -hmm. factors suggested that they shouldn't even try to take it on. Mm -hmm. But the this surge in real estate in 2008 drove up in the market, and these are human factors, right, that can be expressed and measured, drove up the value of real estate very quickly. It, it drove it up on such a frequency that was just you know a, a just it just not normal not typical and when when people and this is just my my research tells me this most people like to try to get in on something or they'll they, when they see something that is really great without understanding the other factors they're they're going to jump in right away because who wants to be left out quote unquote which is mm -hmm. an emotional thing but mm -hmm. here's my here's my point. That high spike, if you will, right, in the frequency in which that value, that, that overinflated valuation of homes took place, 
led investors and most people to believe that real estate was not only one of the highest commodities to invest in, but it would also bring mid to long-term wealth, mid to mm. long-term returns in the market that would really be beneficial. Mm-hmm. But that went, but, but that went against, are you ready for this? The, yeah, the go actual, for it. Yep, the expectation of the ratios at that time, which most people weren't really taking into effect, that type of prevailing ignorance, in other words, not having data, and I'm not saying ignorance isn't someone is stupid, or, I'm saying as in to ignore. People were, were ignoring, again, the get in and sell, get in when it's low, wait conservatively, wait a, a certain longer distance of time with discipline, keep putting mm. in a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit, you know, you know, over time more and more. And overall, what the stock market has told us in the past, and that's that whole model that everyone points to is if you just consistently put in a little bit consistently each time, don't worry about when those small little drops happen, you will mitigate and come out on top in the end. That is the strategy. That is the the goal of, not, I would say, 95% of the investments that are out there. Now, real estate, for example, um, is is expensive to get a house, right? Oh, it's it's, if you, it's it's in my opinion, it's too expensive, and it is ridiculous the cost of it, right? So, so mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let me let me go ahead, Stephen. I, I have a whole thing on this. Please go right ahead. <laughs> How housing prices in Australia are so expensive now? Uh, you know. The trouble with banks is they want to know that you've got assets, so if you can't make your mortgage payments, they can take it. Now, if you don't have the money to get into real estate, what do you do? Because that's what Robert Kiyosaki says in, in Cash Flow Quadrant and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Teddy. So are you referring to that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, by, was it Guy, the... the um, Robert the, Kiyosaki. Yeah, I don't... I, so I, I have to tell you right now, at this point... Mm-hmm. I don't read books like that. I don't pay attention mm-hmm. to things like that because, mm-hmm. and and please forgive me. I'm I don't. I'm not saying this in any kind of critical way. I can only speak for me. Mm-hmm. Just as an engineer and a mathematician, and just an analytical human being, um, those types of books are a one person's experience. B mm-hmm. B, um, they're either or thinking, like the, the mm-hmm. title itself. Rich dad, poor dad, meaning mm-hmm. there's no middle ground there. Mm. And so not only that, there's a lot of data and information that's that's quantifiable that's left out of books like that. Yeah, I kind of knew that. And you go, they have seminars, Teddy, and people pay thousands of dollars to. Why? To watch yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand why people do this. I, I'm going to – actually, I know why. I can tell you why. Mm-hmm. The reason they do it is because – and again, this is human nature. And, and I want to make sure for everyone here, I am not saying this to be judgmental or to put anyone down. This is what I have studied in cognitive computing and just the way that human beings process information. Human beings are very uncomfortable with the unknown. It makes us mm-hmm. anxious. It makes us, we want to be able to predict a pattern because that 
brings a sense of not only comfort, but predictability to our lives. And here's, here's a real fact. Most mm-hmm. things, and the more dynamic they are, and more complex they are, do not have that predictability. There is mm-hmm. more variability. There is more unknown. So, what does that mean? What that means is that there, are, there, there have been and there always will be people who prey on the desire and those that have the desire to want to have the comfort of knowing. And so what, what mm-hmm. we end up having is we have, we're having information in shortfalls that would lead us to conclusions that are hasty. Mm-hmm. Instead, what we should be doing, in my opinion, collectively, is getting more tolerance for the unknown. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, this makes me anxious. Or, for example, I'll give you a good example. When I'm doing mathematics and algorithms, and we have an outcome for, for a client, Mm-hmm. And the data isn't suggesting something one way or another, or we don't have enough of it for the model. I will come right out and say, this is an unknown. I can't answer you. Mm-hmm. But, but that doesn't stop. It doesn't stop people from wanting to make some kind of analysis to say good, bad, up, mm-hmm. down, profitable, not profitable. And then they then, they then affect the data and mm-hmm. skew it. And people, it, 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 it seems to just, you know, placate or coddle us so that we can try to get more conjecture, more opinion, more analyses that really aren't there just yet. And we end up hurting ourselves. That's just, you know, my opinion. It's just my, <laughs> my yeah. opinion. Now, this it, is interesting. Uh, there's a lot of get-rich-quick schemes out there that uh, put, they're Horrible. promising people all these huge returns, especially in real estate, um, and they use Robert Kiyosaki, yeah. Um, Horrible. The, I, you know, it, uh, real estate, you know, I, I, t- I tell you, now, again, I'm not, I'm not a professional investor. Yeah. I, I don't track the market. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just an engineer and a mathematician trying to bring you know my experiences to view but real estate it just seems to me like i mean i grew up in the 80s and in the 90s it started to be in the 90s where this whole real estate thing was like everyone was trying to get into it because Mm. of the conventional and historical math model that Mm -hmm. seriously real estate appreciates over the long term it it does Mm -hmm. It does, and, and it does so better than any stock market investment. Mm-hmm. It has been shown mathematically, statistically, and historically to gain value and to continually increase and even mitigate inflation. So mm-hmm. much so that they've tied the words American and dream to house to, with the understanding that, great, get into that house, so that you can have the equity that the value as it grows and then you can do things later like sell that house for much more money than what you bought it for or mm. take out loans against it to help pay for like college education or you know other things that you need mm-hmm. and so conventionally historically that's what people did now mm-hmm. 
here's the problem in the midterm that I don't think people are talking about in, in real estate. Mm -hmm. The real estate market has been, at least in the midterm, affected by misanalysis, by the banks doing things and extending loans, which contributed to the 2008 collapse and overvaluation of the home to the point where so many people found themselves underwater. In other words, they owed more on the house than it mm. was worth, which meant, which, meant, which, which meant it was going to take an offset right? An integer mm -hmm. offset, some delta of time, probably 10, 15 years for that number to go back up mm. to reach that zero point of now we're not underwater anymore. We're back to where we need to be and we can start to climb out of this, but we're not there. And mm. so now with more people coming in and we see these things all the time on TV, invest in real estate, flip this house. Like I'm not saying it's not going to work, but what we're not doing is we're not looking at the overall effect of what the devaluation has been happening in real estate for a variety of factors, including the one I just mentioned. There's no, there just seems to be this type of, uh, because I want to have a million dollars, because I want to get successful, I'm just going to just go haul the balls against the wall. I, I, I'll think it into being, I'll do my whole you know, I'll, I'll meditate, I'll, I'll, so many different things, I'll get up and do all these business things, but no one is understanding the mm. quantification and the mathematics and the frequency and the timing of what has affected right now that commodity, real estate's a commodity. See, Teddy, here's a question. How do banks get away with uh, making people pay more money on, on their loans with interest and, and you know, they don't want well, you to pay off your house, you know, that in Australia. They want you to pay your house off for 50 years of your life. So so being from the U.S., Stephen, let me, let me ask you this. I, I, by the way, I'd love to go to Australia one day. It's beautiful there. Um, yeah. Here's my question. I know in the United States we have 30, and I think I could be mistaken, but like 45-year loans on mortgages. Shit. What happens if... Yeah, what, what do you guys have in Australia? Is that the same time that's put on? Pretty much. But uh, the government came in and said, hey, people have the right to pay off their house as quick as they can. Sure. And, you know, if, if, you go, if you're going in every week and you're paying double, the banks the banks don't like you. Of course. For some reason. That, because that means you're cutting into the interest rate. You're undermining mm. their interest rate. It's because it's taking you less time to pay the house off. They're making mm. less money. Exactly. And if enough people do that, they won't be in business. And mm. then we get into an issue of power. Ah. Yeah. All right. I, I got to be very careful who I tread there because I don't want to make that an emotional argument. But mm -hmm. what I'll tell you what, what happens in the U.S. Here's what's happening in the U.S., Mm -hmm. First of all, before I can address that, let, let, let me let me give you, can I give you kind of an analogy just for a second? Yeah, go for it. If you, let's say that, and we're going to make this, you know, arbitrary yet specific to an automobile, right? Let's say if I'm the bank and you're coming to me for an auto loan, and the, just for even numbers, let's say the car costs $10,000 straight, mm -hmm. right? And I'm the bank. And mm -hmm. I've determined 
that you can afford to make a certain amount of payments every month. Mm -hmm. And I'm, as the bank, I'm the one that has to put up the money up front. Mm -hmm. So we make, we make the deal and I establish an interest rate for, let's say, let's say it's 60 months or, or you know, five years. Mm -hmm. And the cost of the car to you is now going to be $30,000. Shit. Let's, let's just look at that. Just, just look at that. Yeah. But in, 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 in the short term for you, you're, you're not thinking of that. You're seeing that price. And, and I'm just going to be hard trick because I haven't run numbers. Let's say that the price that you're paying is $150 a month for the car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I take that and apply an interest rate which brings up the total cost to maybe 200. Mm -hmm. So in the end, at that five years, you didn't pay $10,000, you, you paid 30. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's take this back for a second. Houses and cars are the only commodities that I've seen that banks do this on. And they mm -hmm. make exponential, and then take that number and multiply it towards all of the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is quite complicated uh, with uh, uh, banks, you know, especially in Australia. Uh, you know, when you want to take out a loan, they want to see uh, what collateral you have uh, to offer. It's a it's it's a complicated uh, system, uh, and then you know, living with the Omicron variant now and the stock market crash of 2008. Now, I don't know how banks get away with this. Uh, I don't know whether it's greed, power. Uh, they want they want to overtake the world, pretty much. But uh, exactly, you know, you take out a uh, loan for 10000 you end up, you know, after five years paying back, what, $30,000. It's the same thing, too, with finance companies as well. well. It looks like I just lost you, Teddy, but that was an interesting conversation with you, uh, Teddy. It was very, yeah, very deep analysis of finances, and I really appreciate uh, you coming on, on stage on wisdom and sharing your wisdom with everyone in the audience. Uh, you know... As I said, I find banks don't tell the truth uh, in Australia, at least. It, it could be all over the world. They, they, they don't care. Uh, they just want their, their money, all right? They, they want you to fall into debt. They don't, they don't give a shit about you. It's, it's just cruel. Uh, you know, two people, two couples in Australia, for instance, work a full-time job, are going to struggle getting a mortgage. They're going to they're struggle financially. It's ridiculous. Uh, I believe I have a, I have a right to a roof over my head. I have a right to food, water, shelter, clothing, um, electricity as well. But again, yes, you can't predict the stock market. There is a lot of articles out there that there is a lot of shit. People just talk shit as well. Like, if you read something by an economist, don't just rely on one resource of an economist. Read two sides and then come up with your own uh, opinion. 
on on what is going on, you know. But now this was this was a uh, great little episode today on wisdom. Uh, very fantastic. I, I like doing the morning uh, podcast on wisdom, and uh, you know, getting to uh, know people. Teddy, I'm sorry, I've got to close the room. Um, I really like to thank you for coming on because I've got to head off now. Uh, guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Stephen Shields radio show and turn on your notifications uh, wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Shields Productions, so you get music content as well. I will leave the links in the description for Rays and Spaceship Voyager if you're looking to start off investing and you've got as little as $5 to put in the market. Look, five bucks, you've got to start somewhere. And, uh, yeah, this was a great episode. You can get merchandise on the Stephen Shields radio show on my Redbubble store. Links will be in the description. I'm Stephen Shields. Bye for now.